Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Dragon and the Scribe. Written by Jack Frag. He had to be the stupidest educated man in the kingdom. Only a fool would mock the knights and their repeated failure to slay the great beast on the edge of the borders. One joke about their swords being duller than their wits, and he found himself in an uncomfortable position of having one of those swords pressing against his rapidly beating heart. They were as sharp as they were supposed to be. Ow. The king was thoroughly on their side. You will return with a dragon's heart in your hands, or we will place yours in there. Go. Simple as that. He was now a dead man. He pressed the satchel with his precious journals to his chest. The sword cut hurt, but it proved he was alive. He might as well take them, not like anyone in the stupid court was law-learned enough to read anyways. No reason to leave them behind. Here it was, the literal and figurative fork in the road. To the left, a cart rode through the farms and fields of the peasantry. If he could go fast enough, he could leave this fading little kingdom behind. But next to that was no better. The way the royalty was interwed and inbred, he thought to himself, and there was nowhere for leagues that wouldn't return him to this heartless fate. To the right, a footpath through the trees, oak, maple, and elm for now, but would turn into larch and pine as he approached the base of the mountain. Past that, who knew? The dragon kept the road after that. It didn't share geographical information as a rule. The knights could bugger themselves. He wanted to live. He turned to the cart road. If he walked all night, he would reach the borders. Once past those, he could figure something out. How much effort would those stuffed-up body royals expend on a little scribe? He doubted that they even knew his name. The five arrows that impacted on the road in front of him gave him a pretty good idea of exactly how much effort. The squad of forest rangers proved it. How long had they been following him? Scribe! Nope, didn't know his name. You were ordered to see the dragon. My orders were to make sure you did. The rangest of the rangers barked out. Can you just say that you couldn't find me? Ha! <laughs> How about I died of fright, save through the trouble of following me? Who said it was any trouble? If I'm going to see the dragon, you'll also be. We'll have faith that you'll protect us, don't we, lads? A random nodding of heads in the group, and I know for a fact that we can run faster than you if you can't, right? Head shaking turned to chuckles. Oh, the leader was a funny one. Can't you just kill me now? Why make me walk all the way there before I get fired and eaten? The leader looked affronted. Because, lad, we are the rangers. It's our job to help folk that are lost in the woods and find their way. And your way is the other folk. The scribe sighed in defeat. He slowly turned and walked down the footpath. After a few steps, he turned around and pled again. But the rangers were gone. Well, hiding anyways. He was pretty sure that they were still there. 
He had a weird feeling on his back now that he knew that they were there, so he slung his satchel over his shoulders to protect him from behind. He walked for the rest of the afternoon. When the sun finally was setting, he stepped off the path and made a small fire. He didn't have any food. The king and the knights hadn't seen fit to waste any supplies in a lost cause. Who cared? If he died hungry, he gave up hope that the rangers would join him and fire would soon share food when it had burned the coals without making themselves known. Help people, his ass. The morning found him shivering and stiff. He hadn't walked that far since he had taken the job. Scribes sat at desks and tables to perform their services. His blisters and cramps should be on his fingers and shoulders. Sore feet were an unwelcome novelty. He took his morning piss in the closest bush and looked big enough to hide a ranger, and set back to the path. He left his fire without securing it. He didn't feel any particular responsibility to preserve the kingdom today. Come mid-morning, he found the border. The dragon wasn't subtle about his territory lay. Three great gouges across his path. The trees on one side were full and blush, and the others were scrub bushes and charred earth. His courage faltered, and he turned back. The leader of the rangers was standing directly in the middle of the path. Without a word, he gestured the scribe onward. The scribe hoped he was the cause of the scowl on the man's face and the dark stain in his leggings. The scribe smirked as he obeyed. It was something, at least. Crossing those gashes was like entering another world. This could be the end of the world for all he knew. No one who had crossed had ever come back to report what they had found. Maybe it was impending doom, but everything seemed richer, more real. The sun felt harder on his skin now that he had left the dappled shadows of the trees. Smells seemed more real to him than they even had. Why live in the smoky, drafty castle when the mountain air was so rich? For the first time in his adult life, he felt truly alive. All of it to end today. He wasn't sure how far he had to walk to find it, or if he even would be before he starved. All maps ended at those gashes. Here the dragon dwells. The noon sun was passing when the path crossed in front of a great cleft in the wall of the mountain. The scribe thought, if I were a dragon, I suppose that would be a good cave to live in. He looked around the view. He had climbed further than he realized. The border that he had crossed this morning was barely visible now. The ground rolled slowly down the way, covered in the pale grasses and random boulders. No trees or bushes to hide behind. Yes, this would be a good spot to hold a dragon. It felt symbolic when he turned his back on the world to face the cave. He finally found the futile courage inside himself. Why now? Why not when facing those beast-mothered thugs in green? I would have at least been useful then. Now it just gave him a clear head to size up how he would die. The cave opening was roughly triangular, with lines in the rock making it look like two books had folded together, making a hole to reach behind the bookshelf. Books? That was an idea. Maybe he could make something out of the senseless death. Maybe he could get someone to remember his name. It seemed one way to live on after today. Now, if only the dragon would cooperate. The great fire drake stood back in the shadows of his cave. The cool air from the interior of the mountain was calming Solve after his heat of the interior furnace. Normally, he would have stroked his spires hotter and sound of the horse and metal that alerted him to the approach of another of those damnable knights. 
It was getting to be an absolute infestation of humans on the other side of his marker. Most of them were no trouble, but those foul-tasting knights insisted on trying to take his land. At least the horses were tasty. But this one, this one seemed different. He didn't smell of metal, for one thing. He also didn't bring a horse. He wasn't overly fond of the taste of human. But if they didn't bring him anything else... This one acted differently, too. No sharp, pointy things pointed at his cave. Not if they ever did any good. Just a sack of some sort with... He inhaled slowly and deeply. Paper. And feathers. Hmm. Very odd, human. He watched as the human approached the entrance of the cave. He sat down, arranged his wood leaves in a neat pile in front of him, and simply called into the darkness. Hello? Now, the dragon was crazy with curiosity. He had existed for millennia, and this was finally something new. He took another deep breath. He wouldn't put this past the human to come up with a clever trap. Some of them were actually quite intelligent. Not those doltish knights, of course. Those were all yell, stell, stab, stab, cook and die. But some could be quite novel. Nope, no other humans were around. He leaned forward, allowing his head to fall into the light of the opening. As the scribe sat staring into the darkness, his call into the cave had echoed into the darkness, and he was beginning to think that he drastically overthought the situation. When a massive head came floating out of the darkness, he farted in terror. When the dragon recalled a moment later, the scribe was sure that he would be killed instantaneously, betrayed by his own anus. I'm... I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, Sir Dragon, he stammered out. Who are you? Hot words burned his mind. I'm... My name is Martin, Sir Dragon. I'm... I... I was a, a scribe for King Osgaric, the gouted. Why are you here, Martin the scribe? More burning words. He began to sweat. I mocked the knights of the realm and was sentenced to death at your hands. I do not obey the edicts of little human kings. My sentence is to bring him your heart or he will show me mine. I'm no warrior, so my death is a matter of fact. At your hands or no, I just, uh, I mean, I would like to ask a boon, Sir Dragon. King Osgarak was supposed to be the greatest royal of the land. Other kings in the area took his will as their own, but Martin had never felt the presence of pure majesty as he did now. This was not a beast, but a creature of a higher order and a mere human could never be. The great head turned to focus his eyes at him. Martin felt the dragon's attention focused dangerously on him. Speak your wish, Martin, who dares. I'm a scribe, Sir Dragon. My only wish has been to write stories worth reading. As my last act on this earth, I would like to write my greatest of all. Your story, if you permit. Perhaps, if I can do that, the name of Martin will be worth remembering to someone, somewhere. He brushed the sweat from his brow with his sleeve. That is a boon larger than you are, Martin the Impertinent. Gather your leaves and feathers. I will tell you some of our story, but it will take longer than the sun allows. Enter the mountain. Martin watched the huge head pull back into the darkness, now that he had seen and felt the power of such a thing. He realized he was extremely small. What was his ambitions compared to the majesty of the beast, or rather, being within that shadow? What possible reason could it be to bother with him? Fantastically, he gathered his things, sent a prayer to whatever powers that be, and stepped out of the world. 
The dragon was not hindered by the darkness as he watched Martin walk willingly into his lair. This must be the bravest human the dragon had ever encountered. He was terrified. He reeked of sour fear and lingering flatulence to the dragon's sensitive nose. But he pushed himself on regardless. Those bothersome knights could learn a thing or two. Martin inched on, one hand holding his bag, the other pushing away the darkness. The dragon shifted and held his tail to the sunlight outside the cave. With a careful adjustment, the shining scales down the back reflected enough of light down the hole to keep Martin safe. But most of the dragon's bulk shadowed, no sense in testing the bravery more than necessary at this point. Martin felt the air change as the dragon moved in the darkness. He managed to keep himself from bolting head-on into nothingness, but only barely. When some light fell around him, he was relieved, so nice not to die quite yet. The silence as he walked was getting uncomfortable, so he ventured, Sir Dragon, how did you learn to speak the human language? I do not speak human tongue, I speak the language of the children of fire. Sir, the children of fire? You seem to be more educated than most humans I meet. Martin, who asks, are you a learned man? I think I am, sir. Most do. You are aware of the four worldly elements. Earth, air, wind, and fire. Precisely. Like speaks to like. The fishes of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts of the land can speak amongst their kind. But fewest and the greatest are the children of the fire. The dragons are the first of the fire children, though our time is passing. But how can I understand you? Maybe not so learned after all. Martin felt like he'd failed the test, trying to keep the dragon's graces he pressed the conversation on. Sir, my writing will be better if, uh, I mean, may I learn your name, sir, dragon? Harold. Martin stopped so quickly he felt the air pushed by by the dragon's bulk pass him. He turned around to find the dragon's face merely feet from his. He hadn't even realized it, that he was following. Where was the light coming from now? But more importantly, Harold? Harold, really? Not Gargoth or Render of the Bloody or Azareth. Harold doesn't seem very dragonish. What's wrong with Harold? It just seems so, uh, I don't know, human. It's a human name. Maybe it's a dragon name that the humans took to sound more powerful. Harold doesn't sound like a powerful human. Humans aren't very powerful. Any name they take won't sound powerful. Fair point, Sir Harold. Just Harold. I'm not a stupid knight. Thank you, Harold. My writing would have sounded odd calling you Sir Dragon the entire time. You're welcome, Martin. A few moments of silence while Martin rolled the thoughts of the dragon names around passed before he remembered his question from a moment ago. Harold... How is it that I can see? We are far beyond the mouth of the cave, yet the light doesn't lessen. The rock is phosphorescent. It releases light for us. Phos... Phosphorescent. Martin tipped over the oddest word he'd ever heard. Phosphorescent. For now, think of it as a union between the elements of earth and fire, stone that admits light. Martin was feeling less and less educated with every step. Maybe he wasn't worthy of telling the dragons Harold's story after all. Maybe he was just worthy of being a snack for the greater being. Maybe mankind wasn't the top of the order of things like he had thought that he should be. Harold, I don't think I'm worthy of telling your story to the world. I don't think so either. Martin knew it. He steeled himself for the blow. 
I'm ready. Thank you for what you've shown me so far. Freeing me from the sin of hubris is a great gift. You speak truly, Martin the Learner. Now open your eyes and see the truth your mouth speaks. Have you not seen light glow? The end of the tunnel approaches, and the sun is not yet halfway set. Behold! Lost in his thoughts, Martin hadn't noticed the growing lights. Martin blinked at the dark out of his eyes as he approached the end of the tunnel and beheld the floor of the valley inside the mountain. The circular valley must have been miles edge to edge. The center was dominated by a blue lake, with grass, lands, and rich crops in neat rows spreading away from it. Around the edges, where the floor became too steep, cottages and buildings hewn from the mountain itself sat. In the amongst it all were people. So many people. What is all of this? As I said, the time of the dragons is ending. Soon there will only be the fire child left. This place and the others like it are our gift to you, a place for you to learn the nature of the world, to look up from the grubbing and the dirt and understand. I brought you here not to tell you my story, but to tell yours. Record what is learned here so that the next generation stands higher upon the mountain, high enough to, one day, maybe, reach the stars themselves. I don't have the words, Harold, but I will soon, Martin added as the dragon turned to great eye to him. This place is amazing, so far beyond that what I attended should not be called a school. But please tell me, who is the other child of fire? Don't make me eat you, Martin the Dense. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.